so in light of school starting uh, and in light of our kids getting back to school, you know, they're seeing their friends again and we were having conversations this week and they were talking about uh, the girls specifically about, you know, it'd be kind of nice to have like some friends over for a sleepover because they haven't done a ton of that. Like we grew up with that all the time and they haven't done a ton of it. They're like talking about it this week and it was making me think about what it was like, especially back in elementary school, the first few times I did it, like we're going to have a sleepover on Friday night. And so like, you know, I'm going over to somebody's house, going to stay there and you know, I'm excited about it. And Monday hits and you're like, I'm going over there on Friday. And Monday is one of the longest days in history. And then you get to Tuesday and Tuesday is one of the longest days in history. So on and so forth. Until you get to Friday, which is by far the longest day known to mankind ever. I'm pretty sure it was 76 hours, something like that. You know, it just felt like school was never going to end because you're anxious. You're looking forward to like this time you're excited you're you're constantly dwelling on and thinking about this opportunity you have to go do something which is super exciting you just can't take your mind off of it as a kid like that's the way i felt right you ever been in that spot you're like something is coming and i'm looking forward to it and it cannot get here fast enough and because i'm watching the minutes tick like you know what they say the harder you watch that clock the slower it's going to move right And so you just are focused on that thing and it just feels like it's never going to get here but when we start talking about the things that we're maybe not looking forward to. Have you ever had somebody like a boss or a friend or someone that, you know, like maybe has some power or someone you respect in your life and they say, hey, can we get together Wednesday to talk? And they don't tell you what they want to talk about. They just say they want to get better together and talk. I saw a teacher post a video this week saying, as a teacher, here's things I will never do to my child's teacher and say, set up a meeting to say, I want to talk without telling them what we're going to talk about. Because you are terrified if your boss says, hey, let's get together Wednesday. I need to talk to you about some stuff. I'm like, what? What is it? The uncertainty and the unknowing, like the unknown about what that meeting may be about, what you're going to discuss, that teacher getting that call from that parent and not having a clue what that parent wants to talk about, your mind starts running a lot of different places, doesn't it? And it's the same kind of thing as waiting for that sleepover. The clock doesn't move. Time just goes super slow. And you're waiting And you just feel this heavy weight over your head all the time, right? And we start talking about all the other things that come up in life. It's not just the unknown of a meeting, but the uncertainty of what's coming up. There's something I'm kind of dreading that's looming, that's coming up in your future. or Things haven't been going well, and I'm not sure how I'm going to pay for that thing that's coming up and how that's all going to work out. And then we start watching TV and news, and that just makes everything worse. Because every commercial is, hey, you know, if you don't have this thing, something terrible is going to happen to you. Do you have this life insurance plan? Do you have this thing over here? Do you have that thing over here? What happens if this thing, you know, what happens if this horrible atrocity hits your house and you don't have this product that's going to save the day? Like, you know, everybody's always telling you, like, what if this one weird situation comes up? You're like, oh, man, I never thought about that. One more thing on the list that I got to worry about, right? And then we watch the news. You know, there's inflation. You know, there's interest rates going up. You know, there's this. There's still a war. There's still all these other things like tick, tick, tick. And we just keep adding a little bit more and a little bit more to the pile. And there's all this uncertainty, and the clock is just ticking away. And we're going, what is going to drop on our head next? We look at society. I was reading an article this week about college, uh, college enrollment and dropout rates partially because 60% of college students, they say, this is stats and statistics, whatever, say are dealing with crippling anxiety and being overwhelmed to the point where they just can't 
deal with what they have on their plate and schools aren't prepared to deal with that and there's not enough structure built to support that need within the schools, it's just causing a lot of problems because students and young people and adults and everybody, especially over the last few years, are just feeling the weight of this anxiety and worry. And I say I was anxious to get to my friend's house. It's a different kind of anxious than we feel whenever everything just feels to be weighing on our shoulders. There's that uncertainty of who's upset at me. There's this uncertainty of what's going to go wrong? How am I going to pay for this? What's going on here? Is this ever going to get better? Is this situation ever going to improve? We were meeting with other pastors the other day and Sean brought up this fact he ran across. Amazon has their Kindle set up, you know, their book stuff, and you can go into Kindle and you can highlight things. You know what the most highlighted verse in all of Scripture is? Our memory verse for this week. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Highlighted more than John 3.16, highlighted more than any other passage in Kindle Amazon users, this one right here. And I kind of wonder why. Because whether we say we got a good grasp on it or not, we all feel the weight of that anxiousness sometimes. That worry and that uncertainty. Not being sure of what's coming up. Gotta take a deep breath sometimes, right? You ever had those weeks where everything just feels so chaotic, so busy? There's the difference between being tired and busy and stressed out and being consumed where our thoughts are only focused on those things that are looming, those things that feel unsure, those things we can't see that feel like they're about to jump out and grab us and drag us down. Things that are just straight scary. I find it interesting that in God's word, in the whole of scriptures, there's this little phrase that keeps popping up. Do not be afraid. In fact, you know how many times that phrase pops up in scripture? 365 times. That number sound familiar to anybody else? 365 days in a year. I don't know that that was intentional. It's just a funny coincidence, maybe. But do not be afraid shows up constantly over and over again. And yeah, you're like, well, yeah, of course, because there was an angel all of a sudden that showed up and said, don't be afraid, I'm not going to kill you. You know, like, be glad. But Jesus also spent a great deal of time talking about this idea of being anxious. In fact, he takes a big old chunk, one of the larger chunks that he settles in on any one topic in his Sermon on the Mount and talks about this very concept. In a, this is just a section of what he's really discussing as a larger whole in chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, 
which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's a pretty good little teaching and a pretty good little chunk, and we go, that's, that's important teaching. And I think for many of us, we kind of say, you know what? Scripture says, Paul says it right there, back in this memory verse, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Okay, God, I'm not supposed to be anxious. I'm feeling really anxious. I'm not supposed to be anxious, though. Uh, in fact, you told me that I can't add a single day to my life by being anxious. And so I'm just going to try to pray harder. God, I'm just going to try to lay it at your feet. I'm just going to try to trust you. I, I, I'm not worried, but I'm a little concerned. I try to find ways to justify it. Try to find ways to convince myself. This isn't actually what I'm feeling. And yet, we're just kind of piling on this emotion and feeling. And sometimes it's not just emotion and feeling. Like, I want to be clear about this. Sometimes we hear people and talk to people and they seem so worried. And for us, the things they're worried about don't seem like that big of a deal. Maybe that area of our life is not something that brings us a lot of concern or worry. And so we go, you just need to chill out. Like, it's going to be okay, right? And from our spot, that may be really easy to say. You just need to chill out. It's going to be all right. It's just this. It's just that. Take a deep breath, right? And that encouragement can be good. But sometimes our lack of understanding of the situation, the circumstances, what all has piled on, what all has brought us to this point is challenging. It's hard. It's hard to see. It's hard to understand. It's hard to grasp. Sometimes our fears don't make sense to other people. It seems like an irrational thing. Why be worried about that kind of stuff? And we need to understand that different people deal with these emotions and these feelings in different ways. And sometimes it comes at us in ways we don't expect. I don't know if you spent a lot of time around me personally in a situation where you've been able to see this, but in years of youth ministry, working at different events and going along with different stuff, it's kind of one of those rules. Things are not going to go according to plan, right? There's going to be stuff that happens that derails, like you guys are sitting here and we're like, yeah, January, right? We were supposed to go to TCTC, and all of a sudden it's like, it's snowing in Kentucky. Uh, all right, how do we pivot, right? How do we make something else happen? We ended up having kind of a fun TCTC time here. We made the best of it, right? Lots of things happen, and my nature is pretty even keel. I'm a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. You know what? It's all right. It didn't work out. Let's pivot. Let's, let's adjust. It'll all be okay. Nothing is broken that we can't fix, right? I'm a pretty laid-back individual. My mindset is usually pretty easy to get along with. I don't stress out too much about a lot of things. I don't like it when someone says, hey, can we have a meeting three weeks from now? And I go, what's it about? Like, what do you want to talk about? That makes, like, I've had enough bad experiences. That one makes me nervous, I'll admit. I get some anxiety over those. But so if we need to talk and it's all good, just tell me. Or if it's all bad, just tell me. Hey, I need to talk to you. And I'm, gonna be, I'm upset with you, but we need to talk about it. Okay, cool. As long as I know you're upset, it's all good. Right? But in the midst of all this, I experienced a little bit a while back ago this situation. 
We were coming out of 2020. Anybody else have a good 2020? It was, it was what it was, right? And, you know, I'm laid back. It is what it is. We'll, we'll roll with the punches. We weren't here for three months. I didn't like that. I did not like sitting at my dining room table with my computer staring at my own face. That was not fun for me. Um, but I, I had some flexibility. Tessa still needed to go do physical therapy. I was like, yeah, the kids are learning at school. I'll roll with the punches. I'll help them. I'll do this. I'll do that. It's all okay. You know, it's not ideal. It's not great, but I'll roll with it. And you know what I found out is that eventually if you just keep saying, well, this is the new normal, I guess we'll have to adjust and we just kind of make room, say it's all good, we'll go with it. It's all good, we'll go with it. It's all good, we'll go with it. I learned that inside each of us there is kind of a ledge where I can say it's okay, but I am like right on the edge, right? I probably, sorry, I just disappeared off camera. I'm on the edge. And in the midst of all that, I found out real quickly, real fast, in the beginning of 2021, there were some new changes that happened in our life. There were some new, new normals again, some new adjustments. And all of a sudden, I started experiencing something I had never experienced in my life. I felt like everything was cool. I felt like I was living Jesus and Paul's words, hey, it's all okay. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Trust in God. It'll all be okay. I don't know what the long-term outlook of any of this is, but I know that it's all going to be okay. I trust him. I never had any wrestling or doubt with that, but personally, I was hitting this spot where anxiety was just kicking in because I had spent and I had spent and I had spent and my tank was empty. And though I had had plenty of time to spend with God, I had plenty of time to try to focus on this and pray and do all these things, all of a sudden, these moments come up and I'm starting to like be short of breath, my heart is racing, things I have never experienced in my life and I didn't feel like stuff was that bad so I started talking to somebody and I'm going well yeah I mean this has been bad did you ever deal with that well no I had to keep pressing on did you ever deal with that nope we had other things to do kids needed to do school at home Tessa needed to keep working church had to kind of continue to figure out how to do things with screens and masks and figure out how to keep going on I'm fine I'm okay until I realized I wasn't like, there's some of us who don't realize, even ourselves, what kind of wear and tear we're putting ourselves through. What kind of things we're being anxious about until all of a sudden they just kind of break us. And sometimes we just kind of come in with this mindset, like a good Christian prays. A good Christian doesn't worry. A good Christian just lays that down. You're supposed to just not get worked up about stuff. Chill out. Like, if you're worked up about stuff, you may not be following Jesus good. Stop it. And when we take that stance and position, we're not doing justice to ourselves. We're not doing justice to God's word. We're not helping our brothers and sisters who are hurting. We can be causing a lot more harm than we can good. The reason scripture talks so much about this anxiousness, this fear, this worry, this concern, is Jesus is fully aware that we are going to experience it. In fact, he never once says, follow me and I will take away all your anxiety and fear. In fact, he says, follow me and you will suffer like I've suffered. Follow me, and that means pick up your cross, sacrificing and laying yourself down and dying to yourself in ways that will be uncomfortable and hurt. Follow me and you will be persecuted for my name's sake. Follow me, it's not an easy road. That's a real great sales pitch, right? 
He never says it will be easy following him. He understands that there will be things to fear, things to worry about, things that will tear us down and tear us up and chew us up and spit us out. And that the anxiety and pressures of the world and what's expected of us and the desires that everybody is always throwing at us and the things I want you to accomplish, the things I need you to do, sometimes cause us to not even take care of ourselves. And we're so worried about juggling all these things in the air. What we really want to do is just curl up in the corner and kind of melt down a little bit, right? Whether we are tough and want to admit it or not. So what are we supposed to do about that? How are we supposed to deal with these passages that say, don't worry, don't be anxious? And one of the important steps is to keep reading into the next verse. Paul says, by everything, pray, right? Don't be anxious about anything, but pray. But then he continues on, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Guard your hearts and minds. Sometimes we think of this as like some sort of superpower. I've got the peace of God living in me. It's all okay because it's going to be okay because God's in control and I don't know how to fix any of this and it seems really broken. And honestly, I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes somebody comes to us with a need or a hurt and we say, I'll pray for you. I don't know how to help you, but I'll pray for you. Uh, God, please just bring peace. It seems like the thing that will fix this situation. Can you just bring peace? Because I don't know how to solve it. I don't know how to fix it. Could you just bring peace? That seems like an important thing to do. Just please bring peace to this situation. And there's nothing wrong with praying for peace. I think that's important. But what are we actually praying for? Is this supposed to be some sort of bulletproof vest that kind of knocks the worry away? Is it supposed to be some sort of um, bubble that we live in that I'm living in God's peace and nothing can get in? Well, it doesn't seem like that would make sense because, again, Jesus said you'll face trials, you'll suffer, you'll go through all this stuff. But yet there's supposed to be this peace. Um, We're going to watch this little video about peace from the Bible Project, guys. And I'm going to go ahead and flip this on. And it's just a couple minutes of them kind of explaining to us how do we understand peace and what God actually means by peace in the Scriptures. I think there's a lot of things we think about. We think peace. There's that still water. That's peaceful scenery. Everything just seems still and calm. Or we think about, you know, the tension that exists and the restoration between that tension. There's peace instead of war, those kind of things. But I don't think we often think of it as this restorative kind of idea where our relationships are mended. The stuff that we see that has been broken is mended and peace is restored and the functionality, the way it's intended to work, the goodness of what God intended is restored. We talked about a few things that you notice in the video, it says talks about keeping the unity through the bond of peace. We mentioned that a few weeks back ago when we discussed unity, if you remember. That Paul talked about this idea that unity is what, this importance of unity is kept together through this bond of peace, this bond of restoration. That in order for that to happen, there's this humility, which we discussed last week. We're talking about the idea of not being anxious about the stuff the world throws at us. How do we manage this peace and seeing this restoration, this solving of a problem in our life and let that be the focus of our attention in such a way that we can navigate this road of anxiety and worry and frustration and fear in the context of everyday life? 
let his peace, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, willpower, I don't think, is the right way to go about this. I'm just going to focus really hard on the fact that everything's okay in Jesus. Everything's okay in Jesus. Like, I had a friend who used to say, and I love this phrase, I still quote him often, everything that eternally matters is still in place and secure. Like, things may fall apart, things may get a little shaky here and there, but eternally, everything is good. And sometimes we think, okay, as long as everything is eternally okay and nothing else is broken, it's all right, I can push through, I can get by. But I've just learned more and more that shoving that to the side is kind of like saying, yeah, I know the wall is kind of broken right now. Uh, I'm just going to focus on this one over here that looks okay and just ignore that one. And if I can keep my attention on this wall that's put together and looks good, like what they saw in the video, you know, those walls that were kind of pieced back together, all the bricks in place. If I can focus on one that seems okay, I don't have to worry about this one. But think back to what I said just a minute ago. Jesus is saying, if you follow me, if you come follow me, you will face trials. If you come follow me, you will face persecution. If you come follow me, you will face suffering. But here's the beauty of it. If I am following him, I am not alone. If we are following him, we are even less alone. Does that make sense? I sometimes feel like the biggest issue we have with anxiety and fear comes from our anxiety and fear that someone will find out that we are anxious and fearful and will then assume that we are not a good enough follower of Jesus because we haven't prayed enough. We haven't laid it down enough. We haven't surrendered it enough. So I don't want to talk about how I'm fearful. I don't want to talk about how I'm anxious. I don't want to talk about these little episodes I'm having. Somebody might think less of me. They might think I'm crazy. They might think I'm slipping. They may think I'm not good enough. They may not think that it's whatever. It's hard to maintain peace and unity and all the things that are supposed to guard our hearts and let us thrive if we are too afraid of what people will think about us. And we just try to say, if I just pray harder, Sometimes we pray harder. We all know that sometimes that means I'm just going to say words more fervently versus actually try to spend time in the presence of a God who I know is with me and understands. We're not, we're just trying to make sure we set apart some time to recite some words versus actually falling into and being in his presence and trying to wrestle with what does it actually mean to have a relationship with God? What does it actually mean to hear from God? What does it actually look like and mean to follow him in a way where I am present with him, where I am drawing near to him and he is drawing near to me. Because if I am in his presence, I find it easier to trust that he's going to provide. And he talks specifically about, I'll provide your needs, I'll provide your food, I'll provide your clothes. Those things I feel okay about, but what about this other situation? It seems scary. Maybe he provides an answer. You know what, you're really worried about the state of what's going on over here. Can you control that? Can you fix that? You're really worried about where this is going to come from or how that's going to sort out or what this person feels about you or how they see you or how they view you. Does that matter? Fix your eyes on what needs to be restored. Maybe there is broken relationship. Then what needs restored? Let the peace of Christ guide you and lead you. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Maybe we need to go and take action because sometimes 
We are just waiting for him to do something. We think that he's just going to miraculously solve the problem. That if I just pray hard enough, he'll make it somehow peaceful in my life. It's funny, I'm thinking about ways that God doesn't just take care of stuff for us. Ways that he doesn't just come in and say, okay, I'll make it all better. You just sit tight right there. Look about, think about the wall in Jericho. Did the people, the God's chosen people do a thing that actually made a difference in those walls coming down? They walked in circles and they blew horns. Did any of that actually make the wall fall down? Or was it God's power? God's power, in my personal humble opinion. I mean, I think they might have played those horns really loud, but I really don't think y'all were playing really loud the other night at school. No walls were falling down. It was all good, right? These people are marching around playing music, making all this noise. That's not what brings the walls down. God's power is, but that does not mean that God did not have them marching in circles for seven days. For an entire week, he says, go be faithful and do what I've called you to do. I'll take care of the big problem that lies ahead, but I need you to be faithful and continue to serve and continue to do. Fix your eyes on me and my provisions. Show me that you trust me. Continue to press forward and do what I've asked of you. If it's a relationship that's causing us anxiety, leaning into that relationship and having hard conversations, humbling ourselves in relationship, humbling ourselves and saying, I may have messed up, humbling ourselves in the idea of saying, I really need this to be better than it is because I want peace to be restored. Because as long as there is brokenness, the things around me are not at peace, they're not solved, they're not fixed. If I've got a bunch of rubble all around me in every direction, and I just feel like everything's a mess, how can the peace that passes all understanding guard my heart and mind? Because everywhere I look, all I see is mess. Paul tells us whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is holy, whatever all is beneficial. Think about such things because that is what builds up confidence and strengthen us to trust our God. Because we look around and we see the goodness of what he's done. We fix our eyes on that and it gives us the strength to trust him. But if we also fix our eyes on what could be better in these areas that are broken, what can I do? What have you called me to do? What has your word said I need to do in response to these other areas of my life where there is not peace? How can I be a peacemaker? How can I be someone who helps do the things you've called me to to restore peace? Can I trust you enough to step into those areas, to humble myself, to work towards making sure that peace can reign? Because if it's all chaos, it's really hard for the peace to guard my heart and my mind. You notice that, right? It's guarding our hearts and our minds because we're fixing our eyes and our hearts and our minds on the things that are whole. What's whole? Our relationship with God. What has the opportunity to be whole and restored? Our relationship with one another as brothers and sisters following him. If it's not, that's one of the big reasons Paul says unity is so important. If this is broken NMS, how can we ever find peace in all these other areas? And just like any other thing, we start slowly rebuilding. Not on our own effort, but on trusting. And there are going to be moments where we feel beat down and broken and unable to press on. And those are the moments we lean into our community because it's been restored, because peace exists here, because there's trust and love and unity that we've built here. And we rely on each other to say, I need help walking this road. 
I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm not worried about what you may think of me. I need your help. And if you think less of me because I'm sharing that I'm worried or fearful or hurting through this circumstance, maybe you're not the person I should be walking with anyway because I don't know that you're actually following. Because if you can think less of someone because they're struggling and hurting in that spot, we are not acting like Jesus, just to clarify. If we come in with the condemning attitude of, well, you're just not praying hard enough. You should work harder. I think all those things are those anxieties and fears working in our head more so than they are the actual hearts and personalities of the people we spend time with. I hope so at least. We rely on each other and we ultimately rely on our Father and we follow Him. And yes, we will face many trials as we follow Him. Yes, we will face suffering. Yes, we will pick up our cross daily and follow Him. But the beauty is that if that peace has been restored with Him, that peace has been restored with one another, we can all work together to continue seeing his peace restored to all the things around us. And we can continue doing the work of the body of Christ to restore more and more peace in our surroundings. Because that's part of what we are called to do as a part of the kingdom, to continue to restore his peace, to bring about that shalom, bring about the things he desires in this world. Not by just sitting back and saying, God, I hope you make this better finding a way to step out in faith and do the things he's called us to do, even if it's just walking in circles and doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us at first, I still trust you. And because I've seen you work, I know you will continue to work. I feel some worry and some fear and some anxiousness in this moment, but I'm going to continue to fix my eyes on you. Be thankful for the ways you have already done the work. Fix my eyes on the ways I know you've answered prayer before. Continue to walk where you tell me to walk, and I'm going to let the peace of what you have already restored protect my heart and my mind from those things that still make me afraid. And I'm going to keep walking. I don't know when those walls come down if there's going to be some angry people storm out and try to fight me or take me down. I don't know when this, over, when this thing over here happens. Is it all going to be safe and sound? I don't know. But I know that you have been good. I know that you are good. I know your heart's desire is to restore and I want to trust you. Help me to fix my eyes on the ways you've delivered me, the ways you have restored peace in these other areas of my life. Help me to hold on to the unity of the body and the relationship I have with you through the Holy Spirit and help me with all of my strength to fix my eyes and my minds on what is good and what is pure and what is noble and what is right and let that be the song of my heart so that the enemy can't continue to kill, steal, and destroy, but that you could bring life to the fore. I don't want the enemy to conquer me by overwhelming me with the anxieties of this world. By continuing to just say, it's okay, it's okay, I'll ignore this mess, it'll get better eventually, right? We keep trying to ignore the mess and just keep pressing on. Without doing all those other things, trust me, we fall apart a little bit. It is okay to lean in and say, you know what? I'm not all right today. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm broken. And I need my brothers and sisters. I need my Savior. Because that humility brings us to a point where we can wrestle through the truth, let God work through us in truth and love, and help us to find that peace which He is so good to give and will surpass our understanding in Christ Jesus. Bar hits. This morning, I just want you to be honest for a second with yourself and whatever's going on and with the Father this morning. 
and just pray and say, God, I have been pressing on and saying this is okay, but I'm really struggling with whatever. Help me see what it is I'm anxious about, worrying about, and fearful of. What is overwhelming me right now? At the same time, pray, God, bring to my mind opportunities and moments throughout this week to come before you, to, to praise you and thank you for the ways you have been faithful in my life and in my past to answer my prayers and be there for me. But Father, I also just pray that you would put someone in my mind and my heart that I can talk to this week, someone I trust and I love, who I can share this fear, this anxiety with, who can help me through this. Father, I just pray you put that person on my mind and give me the boldness to step out and have a conversation with them this week. Father, I love you. And I trust you. There are times I take my eyes off of you and fix them on the things that are right in front of me that are concerning, the things that are just overwhelming and right in front of my face. And it is hard in the midst of that anxiety, that worry, that fear of what's to come next or the, just the ongoing pressure of what I got to tackle today that doesn't allow me a lot of extra time or space to look and trust. Father, I take my eyes off of you and I fixate on the things that need to be done or I fixate on the things that are uncertain and worrisome. Father, I pray you forgive me for those moments and help me to have the boldness and the strength to slow down and stop to see you and trust you, to know your peace. Father, I pray that you would give me the ability to share and talk in humility with others, to share my feelings and my worries and my concerns and find peace. To know that I'm not alone in that journey, but that you are with me and you have sent others to be with me as well. That as we follow and as we face trials, we do that together. Father, I pray that you would help each and every one of us not let fear, anxiety, worry, the stress of what needs to be done, the stress of what hasn't been dealt with, the things that we've just shuffled to the side and not touched. Father, I pray that you would not let that consume us in a way that lets the enemy win in our hearts and lives, but that we would continue to surrender and lay down and set things before you and work with you to let restoration and peace happen in our lives so that we can continue to grow and become like you and be your disciples and be your apprentices and become more and more like you every day. Father, it is our desire to be with you, to be like you, and to see your kingdom work done. So, Father, I pray you'd help us to lay down whatever it is we need to to be fully and wholly yours this morning. It's in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. I think it's a perfect reminder as we come to the table this morning that it's not just us that faces worry. It's like, well, it's easy for Jesus to say, don't worry. We remember the night in the garden before he's arrested and goes to face crucifixion on a cross. He is praying so hard in the midst of this that he is sweating drops of blood, saying, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. Sometimes we think that if you're not feeling real good and that everything's going to be okay and God I totally trust you with this and it'll all be all right if we don't have that chipper kind of attitude we have somehow failed and yet we see an example of Jesus crying and praying and sweating drops of blood on our behalf before he faces one of the hardest things that any of us could imagine facing for our well-being 
And so we do this in remembrance of him knowing we are not alone. That he says, follow me because I understand. Follow me because I will be with you and bring you peace. Do this because you have communion with me and relationship with me and I know what it's like to go through what you're going through. Do this in remembrance of him this morning, knowing that whatever is on your heart, he is with you and he understands.